Amen and amen. <laughs> Good afternoon, Central Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to y'all. We're doing okay? Amen and Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you as well. At this time, uh, if you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 55, hymn 55, hymn 55. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. <laughs> hymn 55. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Father, that he is indeed the sweetest name that we know. There's, there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, and that is the precious name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for uh, your beloved people, Lord, who are here for uh, this afternoon's worship. We pray, Lord, to be with our pastor as he brings forth the message that you placed upon his heart to give to your people, and it is in the name of Jesus we ask this. Amen and amen as we turn to hymn 80, hymn 80, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus. Him eight zero comes out long expected Jesus. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. 
afternoon service. We're glad that you're here. You may be seated. Welcome to our service. So you're the group that decided to be faithful to the Word of God and be here for the afternoon service. Amen. Congratulations. Uh, and all the rest of you, naughty, naughty, naughty. All right. Don't forget our ladies' Bible studies will resume on Tuesday, January 9th. But from between now and then, you have a vacation uh, on every Tuesday. Amen. And then also, there's more, there's a lot of announcements in the bulletin, so you want to keep up with that uh, and so that you know what's going on. Because most of these things that we're going to give you now are things that are coming in the future. Like Brother Jonathan Stewart will be with us January 17th through 21st. And he's a wonderful, wonderful Bible teacher. Uh, he's a, he, he will teach you things you never thought you could ever learn. And he will make it so that you think, wow, how come I didn't catch all this? Because yeah, he makes it so simple and so clear and concise and uh, though long-winded. Uh, <clears throat> I taught him everything he knows about doing that. And, uh, but... Uh, uh, so mark your calendars for then, and I want to encourage you to be here. Bring someone with you, because if, you, if you've never heard Jonathan Stewart, it'll be a blessing. But if you have, then you know how much you can help other folks that have a lot of questions. So I want to encourage you to bring everybody you can uh, to that uh, days, those days of meeting. Don't forget, we will have a service next Sunday on Christmas Eve. It will be Sunday school and then morning church service, but there will be no afternoon service on that day. Then on New Year's Eve, we will have Sunday morning Sunday school, we'll have Sunday morning preaching, and then we'll have Sunday afternoon services, amen? amen. And then we're going to have games and things of that nature if you want to play uh, there in the fellowship hall. If you'd like to bring some uh, uh, food to eat, uh, you can do that. Uh, bring your own snacks and drinks and have a good time, amen? And that'll be after the afternoon service on New Year's Eve. There will be no organized soul winning until after the New Year's, but continue to be a witness and a testimony to those around you. Amen. Get out and give out the gospel message to everybody right. you can. Always keep gospel tracts with you. Be able to hand them out wherever you go. We have one out in the foyer called Here's a Tip. Amen. It's for those when you leave a tip at a restaurant, you leave that track, and it's a tip for them. Amen. Right. About how to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. So those out in the foyer, you say we're at on the visitor's uh, a welcome table in the little uh, uh, plastic uh, uh, thing right there. And I want to encourage you to take some of those as well. Well, welcome to our afternoon servers. We're glad you're here. Pastor? Amen. After the first of the year, uh, first Sunday in January, January 7, I'm going to have a, uh, I'm going to post it here next week, but need some help lock up. Uh, we're going to have a lock up schedule. We used to do that, uh, some, and we had some men. They would sign up for two weeks, or at a, you know, uh, running on a Wednesday and a Sunday. That would uh, make sure that the doors and everything was locked up, all the lights were off uh, after service on Sunday. So uh, I'll have a, a schedule or a sheet out here, and if you'd like to do that, uh, I'll have you sign up. We may. I'm not sure if it would work best once a month and change, and then. Uh, or every two weeks and things like that, but it, we need some help doing that, uh, so it's just not one person. So if you could, if you'd like to help with that, men, not ladies, but our men, uh, then we want you to please sign up for that. We'll have a key for you, and uh, that what we'll do is once you lock up and you fulfill your schedule, we'll give it to the next person on that schedule. So, uh, but you'll, it's uh, one of them things where you have to wait till everybody's done. We're not here to rush anybody off. Okay. Well, I don't. I, I, I want them to stick around, a fellowship, or whatever, 
And uh, so, you know, we the lights can stay on as long as there's people in here and all those kinds of things. Uh, I can't think of a better place to fellowship than here in the in the building. So, uh, but I'll have that out there, men. And if you'd like to help with that, I'll have you put your name on there, okay? Uh, so don't forget about that. Well, I appreciate you staying in here. Uh, it's for toward the end of this year. It gets we get busy. But we never ought to be too busy to, to continue to worship the Lord and be faithful. So let me encourage you, uh, you keep doing that. Now we need a good offering. Because <clears throat> um, you know, the offering this morning wasn't that good. And if we don't pay our bills this week, then Brother Marco's got to go to jail. I mean, I'm not going, amen? I mean, three meals and a... What's that? Three hots and a cot. Yeah. So um, I I don't I don't know about that personally, but that's what Brother Shelton told me. So I'm just <laughs> thought I'd throw that out there. Uh, but anyway, but let but let's have a good offering. I know it's just us, uh, but let me encourage you. You give as unto the Lord. All right, Father, we thankful that you love us and thankful God again for people. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness this afternoon. Pray that you'd continue to be with us, Lord, and strengthen us, God, as a church. Lord, we need you. Help us, Lord, Father, to finish strong. God, we've got one more Sunday, Lord, before the new year. So I pray, God, that you'd help us to finish strong. Be with all of our folks that aren't feeling well. God, I, I counted uh, at least 30 this morning that were missing, God, and we did miss them. And so I pray that you'd be with them, Lord. Help them, God, those that are traveling. Help them to be back. Those that are sick, Father, uh, speak to uh, help them in their health. And uh, God, help us to be back ready to worship next Sunday. Bless this offering. Bless the gift and the giver. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you come. check make, make sure they were done uh if you're able to rise we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 99 hymn 99 the birthday of a king the birthday of a king hymn 99 hymn 99 the birthday of a king the birthday of a king hymn 
to celebrate the birthday of the king, we can let everyone know about the wonderful grace of Jesus. Amen. Hymn 324. Hymn 324. This is probably a more familiar hymn, at least for me. <laughs> so at the conclusion of hymn 324, please greet each other. Hymn 324, wonderful grace of Jesus, please greet each other at the conclusion of this hymn. at this time.
Thou didst leave thy throne and thy kingly crown when thou camest to earth for me. But in Bethlehem's home was there found no room for thy holy nativity. Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for Thee. Heaven's arches ring when the angels sing, proclaiming Thy royal degree. But of lowly birth didst Thou come to With mocking and scorn and with crown of thorn, they bore thee to Calvary. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus, there is room in my heart for thee. When the shall ring and the angels sing at thy coming to victory. Let thy voice call me home, saying, yet there is room, there is room at my side for thee. Oh, come to my heart, Lord Jesus. Exodus chapter 10. Thank you, Brother Will. Exodus chapter 10. I want to begin reading verse 1, and, and we'll just, uh, we're going to go down through verse 20, but we'll, we'll read through verse 11, and then we'll, we'll stop and pray. Don't you please say amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. And that thou mayest tell in, his, in the ears of thy son and of thy son's son what things I have wrought in Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that ye may know how, uh, how I, that I am the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they, that they may serve me. Else, if thou refuse to let my people go, behold, tomorrow will I bring the locusts into thy coast. And they shall cover the face of the earth, that uh, one cannot be able to see the earth. And they shall eat the residue uh, of that which is escaped, which remaineth unto you from the hell. 
and they shall or and shall eat every tree which goeth for you out of the out of the field. And they shall fill thy houses and the houses of all thy servants and the houses of all the the Egyptians which neither thy fathers nor thy father's fathers have seen since the day that they were upon the earth unto this day. And he turned himself and went out from Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the, man, let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? And Moses and Aaron were brought again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God. But who are they that shall go? And Moses said, We will go with our young and with our old, with our sons and with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds we will go, for we must hold a feast unto the Lord. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so, go now ye that are men. Serve the Lord. We'll get into that later. But he's saying, you know, y'all leave the little ones here. He's really, you know, being considerate, right? No, not at all. Uh, it's a ploy, you know. It's Sometimes we do that as Christians. Sometimes we leave things behind in the world, you know, just so we have a reason to go back. And that's what's happening. He said, let, let the Lord uh, be with you and... But uh, and your little ones look to it for evil is before. In other words, don't let them. You let them stay here where it's safe. Uh, but not so. And then he says that ye are men and serve the Lord for that ye did desire. And they were driven out from Pharaoh's presence. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, again this afternoon as we uh, continue on our uh, Lord uh, uh, the messages about the life of Moses. And God, I pray that you'd help us to. Uh, Lord, uh, glean from your word today and help us to apply these things to our own lives. And Lord, we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <coughs> so Pharaoh and his people are, if, when we get to this, we find they're worthy of judgment. So God's executing his justice on them and, and God's making right all the wrongs that they had committed against him and and his people and uh, and, and particularly, you know, and not just the people on the earth, but uh, his people during those days. But understand, God is not uh, only just, but God is merciful. And the Lord is, is, uh, is a great God of salvation. He's, and I'm thankful that he is our God of redemption. And I'm thankful that God saves and delivers us. And he still does that today. But, and God has given Pharaoh and the Egyptian people several times up to this point to several opportunities to do the right thing. He's given them opportunity after opportunity to repent, to do the right thing, let the people go. God has even separated Israel from, you remember, from the brunt of the plagues. So that way the Egyptians might know that, that the Israelites are God's people and that the Jehovah God is the true God. So God separates his people from the Egyptian people so that the Egyptians can get a good view of, of who God is. But up to this point, they have still refused. And so now we see that God brings us to the eighth plague, which is the plague of locusts. Now, if you look back up in verse 1 of chapter 10, and uh, if you notice what it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs before him. 
Listen, it's not easy. It's not, uh, uh, in, you know, it's not all delightful. And, and, and as I thought about this, I thought much duty, uh, like the duty of Moses in, uh, in repeatedly confronting Pharaoh, it's hard. It, it's difficult. And, and, I, and when I thought of this, I want to make apl- application here, and that is that those who would serve God faithfully, are y'all, y'all with me? If you serve God faithfully, we need to be aware that duty will involve difficulties. Duty is going to involve hardships and problems, and it's going to involve mean and nasty people. If you serve God, and if you are faithful and obedient to God's will in your life, it's not going to be easy. Same thing we see here with Moses. When Moses started all this, you go back and look and see if you can find a place where God promised Moses uh, that Pharaoh is going to be converted or Pharaoh is going to be changed or won over. God never promised uh, Moses that. In fact, we see that God said, Moses, I'm going to harden his heart. Why? So that God would be glorified through it all. And so Pharaoh here, it's not going to be an easy thing for Moses to keep going back. And the, the message is always the same message. Let my people go, so God said, so that they can serve me. But Pharaoh's conversion is not what we're trying to talk about here. The point is that the glory of God can be seen in Moses doing his duty. A lot of folks today want the crown, but they don't want the cross. But it doesn't happen that way. Listen, Philippians chapter, turn, turn over, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Uh, y'all have heard this verse before. It says that I may know him. Boy, we, we want to know him, right? We want to know who God is. It says in the power of his resurrection. Praise the Lord. We want to know about the power of the, of the Lord's resurrection. And we want to we be a be a part of his power and Victoria's power. We want to be a, 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 a part of, of knowing who he is so that he can let himself be known to us. But then the next part, is that it's a comma right there. It says that I may know him, comma, and the power of his resurrection, comma, and the fellowship of his sufferings. Wait a minute. We don't want to know that part. We want to know about, we want to know him. We want to know about the power of his resurrection, but we don't want to go with him through the suffering part. Lord, we want to, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, oh, the suffering's coming up. We, just, we want to go around the suffering part, you know, and, and make it all. Now, wait a minute. It doesn't work that way. If you're going to serve God, if we're going to be a part of who he is and obedient to him, it's going to involve some trials and tribulation and some, and, and some difficulties and some suffering. Why? Because if we're going to know him, then we've got to know what he went through as well. But a lot of people today, including many of people that want to serve God and be a, a part of ministry, they want the easy stuff. I enjoy preaching. This is the easy stuff. I like this part. It's the, the pastoring part that I sometimes it gets difficult. So say amen, Brother Big Nell. Amen. <clears throat> I mean, we, it, it's difficult. Some people say, well, how's, uh, how's the church doing? Well, the preaching's doing really good. The pastoring part sometimes gets a little, a little difficult. That's the fellowship of his suffering. 
But notice it says being made conformable unto his death. Luke 9, 23, it says, And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, here it is, and take up his cross daily and follow me. See, if God has called us to be a witness for him, and he has, if God has called us to serve him in season and out of season, and he has, then we must not throw our hands up at the first time of hardship. First time it gets a little difficult, it's like, oh, no, Lord, what are you doing to me? How come it, listen, it wasn't supposed to be this way. No, wait a minute. That's exactly the way it's supposed to be. Just like it was supposed to be that way with the Lord being born in a manger, it is also, listen, supposed to be sometimes difficult uh, if we're going to know the Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of his suffering. So we must daily take up our cross and follow him. But when God help us not to throw our hands up or not to throw in the towel when our service gets difficult or becomes something that we don't want it to be. We have to be like Moses and be obedient to what God says to do. God told Moses, Moses, you go back to Pharaoh. Moses, I mean, I don't see where Moses went. Oh, man, not again, Lord. I've been in there seven times already. Up to this point, it had been seven times. But he didn't do that. Listen, he went back and did exactly what God had told him to do, and he was obedient in doing it. He continued to give the message to Pharaoh that God gave to him. Listen, he was faithful in that. And, and now we're told that what's going to happen is that they're going to go back. In, and In fact, if you go back to the last plague, you'll understand, you'll see this, that that the servants, they followed right after Pharaoh, and their hearts were hardened right along with Pharaoh. But listen, they were just following Pharaoh's lead. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, so the people followed right after him. And now we're told here that now they're going to suffer the same judgment as Pharaoh does for hardening his heart, and God's going to help to harden their hearts as a result. But the important thing that we need to see here is, 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 is see how important it is for us to do the right thing. And the reason why is because there's somebody watching you. There's somebody following after you and I. Listen, and, and they're going to follow right along in our footsteps. I often see on Sunday, I'll, I'll drive when we were up here in uh, Carrollton, I would drive to the church in the morning. I would see moms and dads out uh, <clears throat> in the mornings or maybe right after church pushing the, the buggies with their children in it or they're jogging uh, in the mornings before church with their kids right there with them. And I thought, how sad. I've had people say, man, look at them. They're, they're going to they're going to be a, a but they're they're just looking out for their health. Well, wait a minute. They may be healthy, but they're going to go to hell without Christ in a healthy body, and they're going to drag that child right along with them. Same thing we see here uh, with Pharaoh and and his servants. But notice verse one and verse two. I want you to go there and and notice the word that. T h a t. It, it's three, it appears three times in these two verses. And the word here is pointing to uh, a design. And the design is that of the plagues that come upon Egypt as a result of Pharaoh's hard heart. Now, it's, it's good for us to be reminded about the designs of God <clears throat> when we're going through times of trouble. 
The first thing I want you to see is the power of God. Verse 1, it says that I might show these signs before him. Now, watch, I want you to get this. These signs are plagues. They, they're, they're there, and they're displaying the power of God. You, you've seen this over the last seven plagues. The people of Egypt, they are getting a real demonstration of God's power. I mean, they're, they're on a front row seat. They're getting a demonstration showing that there's only one God, and, and he's more powerful than the gods they worship because every one of these plagues uh, is a direct onslaught against the, the uh, false gods that they worship. So, uh, so it's a, a show of God's power. Notice verse 2. It says, And that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and thy son's sons what things I have wrought in Egypt. These plagues are going to give the Israelites an opportunity to, to tell their, uh, their generations after them about God, which brings me to the thought of, uh, that it's parents. Listen, not the schools. Our, you know, we put a lot of, or we used to, put a, we put a lot of, um, um, uh, I guess, uh, parental care in the hands of our schools. It's not the school's responsibility or the daycare or anyone else to tell our kids about God. It's our responsibility. Sunday schools have their place. Christian schools have their place. But the parents still have the responsibility to tell their kids about God. That's our responsibility. And, so, and that's what we're seeing here. It says, so that, so that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's sons what things I have wrought in Egypt. Tell them about God. Listen, our schools have gone south a long time ago. And they want to do everything except mention the name of God or the name of Jesus in our schools. In fact, if you do it nowadays, you get in trouble for it. So God help us to do that in our homes and, and in our churches. But notice also the, it, it, it wants to, the design is the knowledge of God. Verse 2, it says that you may know how that I am the Lord. So the plagues are to increase the people's knowledge about God. And again, in order to increase that knowledge, they're going to have to go through some stuff to get it. Trials in life are not wasted experiences when we look at them from the standpoint that they can instruct us in the knowledge of God. Psalm 119 and verse 71, it says, It is good for me that I have been afflicted. I don't know. I don't want to be afflicted. But God said it's good for me. The psalmist says it's good for me that I have been afflicted. And then it says that I might learn thy statutes. Listen, our knowledge of God is never complete. I don't know how many times I've heard uh, in 38 years of ministry, people say, Preacher, I have heard it all. No, you haven't. Listen, we have never heard everything. If we get to the place where we think have heard it all, then it's time for God just to bring us home. Our knowledge, let me say it again, our knowledge of God is never complete. My dad pastored out a long time, 92 years old, and he was always coming to me and saying, man, look at this, look what I found. I, well, Dad, I, I never said to him over 90 years, Dad, I would think that you had found, you had dug it all out. You had found everything that there is to be found. Not so. Why? Because this is an infinite book about the knowledge of Almighty God. And so our knowledge of God is never completed. 
We can always learn more about God, and troubles often help us learn them. Uh, And we ought not ever let them go wasted. Listen, if we're going through something, then let's ask God, not why, but what? And God will teach us something. Notice something else. Moses and Aaron, again, they go back to Pharaoh with an unpopular and direct message from God. And Moses and Aaron, as I've already said, they are faithful to the Lord in proclaiming the truth. Regardless of where they are, regardless of who they're talking to, and regardless of the content of the message, they are just simply saying what God has said. And nowadays, the message that churches just like this have to preach, it's not popular. It's not, but it's the truth. And I want people to know the truth. Why? Because the truth will make you free. People want to be free, they got to know the truth. Why do you see so many people in bondage today? Listen about their lifestyles and everything because they don't know the truth. And one, because they have not accepted the truth. And too many times preachers and Christians, they're too worried about their position or they're too worried about social standing when when they consider the message at hand. But listen, but Moses, when God says, listen, Moses... This is what I want you to tell Pharaoh. You go find Pharaoh. He's down there by the river. Just in case you're going to, you know, balk on this a little bit. Just in case you're going to crawl dad about telling him, I'm going to let you know he's down by the river. He's, He's cleaning up down there. You go tell him, and this is what you say. Listen, Moses went and told him. And oftentimes the message is not popular. Oftentimes the message is not easy. But it's still the truth. And if God says to say it, guess what? Then we need to say it. Look in verse 3, the condemning of Pharaoh. Moses says, how long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself? Now, this is the second time Pharaoh is called out about his pride. His, this, listen, you know what the problem of most folks are today? Pride. Yeah. That's why I go back and say a lot of them want the crown, but they don't want the cross. You know why? Pride. But God said something about pride. I think it's like pride come before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Yeah. God has a way of uh, letting you see, getting the right perspective. If you want a good example of that, read about Nebuchadnezzar. Yep. Pride got him, and he ate grass like an animal for a long time. Uh, but pride is it's Pharaoh's problem. Uh, and, and if not repented of, you and I both, we understand this, that pride will bring plagues on your life. And that's what's about to happen to Pharaoh. Look in verse 3. You have the condemning, but then you have the commanding of Pharaoh. The command is the same. Uh, And this is the seventh time God has specifically commanded Pharaoh to let my people go. Seven times. Pharaoh, it's a simple message. Let my people go that they may serve me. And God's telling Pharaoh the people belong to him. Pharaoh had got up to this point. He got the feeling like that the Jews were his property. Not so. They belong. And by the way, they're still God's people. Best thing we can do to Israel right now is help them. I think I I read and uh, stuff about them, and they've got about a four-line paragraph about what about Israel and what they're doing over there, and you know they're doing this and trying to 
uh, to uh, get you know to get the pe- uh, people of Hamas out and get all that. And then it's got five pages of the atrocities that Israel's causing upon Gaza and the Palestinian people. Listen, it got Israel's God's people. And the best thing that we can do to help ourselves is to help them and be a friend of Israel. But here we see, now watch this, that Pharaoh thinks they belong to him. And God's telling Pharaoh that they do not. Uh, God said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, the same thing applies to us. You know, we all say amen that Israel's God's people, right? Amen, they are. But I want you to understand that we are not, we are also his people if you're born again child of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 20, it says, For ye are bought with a price. Oh, wait a minute. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Oftentimes, folks come to church and they glorify God in their body, but in their spirit, it's not too glorif- you know, glorifying Him too much because we got a bad spirit. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. You know, we cross our arms. We don't smile. Brother Sheldon's up here. He, listen, if anybody smiles, it's him. And he says, man, let's, you know, he tried to get you to sing. Hey, everybody, let's sing, you know. And, and, and it's like, really, why, why, what is there not to smile about when we're singing about the Lord? Amen. But And we don't glorify God in our spirit. Listen, the purpose of the people of God is to glorify God, period. The purpose, watch, let me show you. It, the purpose of the people's freedom, uh, the purpose of Israel's freedom and ours is to serve God and, so, and to worship Him because that's what God has created us for. Look in verse 4. Uh, Moses gives, uh, uh, gives him a, a, a caution. The message is, again, one of those or else messages. He's, it's right up front. He says, let my, verse 3 says, let my people go that they may serve me, else if thou refuse. In other words, he says, Pharaoh, <clears throat> let God's people go, let, the, let Israel go that they may serve him, or else. That's what, that's what it means in verse 4. But God still offers grace. I can't, you know, it's like, Really? I mean, Lord, that would be my message from, if I would have been Moses, probably I'd been, listen, Pharaoh, listen, are you crazy or what? Have you not noticed all this other stuff? And we're going to get to this in a second. Have you not noticed this? Listen, God has, has come to you seven different times. He's given you opportunity to do the right thing, and you still refuse. And now here's God again, and he says he's going to give him till the next day. God's given Pharaoh opportunity after opportunity to escape God's judgment, but, they, but Pharaoh still refuses. How many times has God offered me and you uh, opportunity after opportunity to escape his judgment, but we walk headlong and right face to face into the judgment of God simply because of our pride? Pharaoh's headed that way. Look in verse 7. I guess if there's a bright spot in all these plagues, it's right here. And it comes from the servants. Look in verse 7. It says, And Pharaoh's servants said unto him, How long shall this man be a snare unto us? You see what they're saying? I mean, you read this before and you understand, you remember the, the servants hardened their hearts right along with Pharaoh. 
They followed him right. They followed right after him. <clears throat> and, and just like they did at the end of the hail of plague. But here they defend the request of Moses for Israel to leave. They, and they base their defense on the fact that Egypt is being destroyed. Now notice the wording right here in verse 7. Now I want you to see this. The way Pharaoh is acting, it seems like he has no clue what's going on out in Egypt. Look what it says in verse 7. It says, Knowest thou not, well, let me, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that Egypt is destroyed? They're saying, Pharaoh, haven't you been paying attention? His servants are here. Do you not remember the flies and the lies and the hell? Have you not been seeing all this? Folks, listen, this is exactly the way wicked leaders and people act. They are selfish. They are self-centered. And they literally have no clue as the destruction that they cause and have caused. Can I tell you that's exactly what's going on right now today? It's, now, this is an opinion. It's my opinion that the, the leadership, of our, they don't have a clue what normal, regular people go through. When's the last time they went and bought groceries? When's the last time they went and put gas in their car? I guess I could read this verse where it says, Knowest thou not yet that America is being destroyed? I mean, we see the same thing. After the servants say this, Moses and Aaron, they, Moses and Aaron, they've already left. And they're brought back. But here in this visit, Pharaoh doesn't repent. He doesn't recant. In fact, he tries to compromise God's conditions of letting the people go. And Moses rejected compromise. Listen, God help us to reject compromise. You know, we can do things the right way and, and not compromise. Amen. We can still have standards. Amen. Uh, the preacher was preaching the other day about uh, 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 patches. I, I forgot where I heard that. They're talking about patches. No, that was, uh, who was that? That's Brother Marco, I think it was. Talking about patches on his leg. Was that you talking about that? And the, You know, and I, I've had jeans before, and they had patches all over them. Why? Because my mom and daddy wouldn't let me walk, run around with holes and stuff. Nowadays, they'll pay $150 for a pair of them. I mean, we've come a long way. But can't we still have our standards without compromising? Can't we still lift up the, the, the standard that God has given us when it comes to worship? You, you read all through Leviticus, and I was thinking about this. I wrote that down. Listen, when you read about Leviticus and you read about the, the, the clothing that the, uh, that the priests were to wear and the way they were to approach themselves and God, I wrote in my Bible the other day, this is God's standard of how we to worship. Listen, there's still a standard today, but we sure compromised that. Uh, they people and churches have compromised their standard of dress. They've they've compromised the message that God has given. But listen, Moses didn't compromise, and God does not compromise. God's not going to compromise with sin, and we're going to talk about that more later. And Pharaoh gets mad, and he drives um, Aaron and Moses out away from him. 
And, and when you drive out, watch this, or drive away that which you need, you're going to pay a price for it. So Mo, uh, Pharaoh has driven them out. And at the time, listen, at the time you drive things out that you need, there'll come a time when you want them back. But it'll be too late. Now, the reality is that we need more people like those servants. Amen. They heard the sermon that Moses gave. And, and after the message, listen, they went and pleaded with Pharaoh to do the right thing. They heard the message and they went and they said, Pharaoh, you got to get this right. Man, we've been through all this stuff. Really, don't, let's don't go through another one. Right. We've been seven. How many of these are you going to let us go through? Come on, Pharaoh, get it right. Well, guess what Pharaoh did? He refused. He didn't do it. Listen, we as God's people, when we hear a message, instead of going out and trying to offer compromises, listen, we just need to go out and plead to do the right thing and be obedient. Notice in verse 14 and 15, here comes the locusts. I, I thought it was interesting, and so I went and did a little research on, on locusts. You know, there have been swarms before. In fact, I read one, and it took place back in 1874. And this is what I found. It said that about 17 trillion locusts, grasshoppers, they swarmed, and they destroyed 198 thousand square miles of crops that is unbelievable they ate, ate everything in their path it said it is determined that the weight of the swarm was in excess of 27 million tons that's unbelievable it's also said that they landed on railroad tracks for warmth and rest and and when the train came through and started running over these uh, these locusts there were so many of them that when they were crushed that the oil from their bodies that was on these train tracks it literally stopped the train because the train couldn't get any traction isn't that amazing 198,000 square miles of crops and God sent locusts and if you read there, they stripped, listen, they stripped Egypt bare. Anything that was left over, the Bible says, from the other plagues, they took it. Listen, sin will do the same thing. Sin will strip your life bare if you allow it to continue. If you don't deal with sin in your life, and I'm, I'm, telling, I'm talking to me, I've, I've been there, done that. Um, it'll extract a cost that it'll take years to overcome. Yeah. Sin causes people to lose their morals, their health, their family, their virtue, their character, their money, and anything else of value. Sin costs. Pharaoh's about to find out. Look in verse 16 and 17. Three things real quick and I'll be done. Uh, first, there's repentance. If you read verse 16 and 17, it says that uh, then, Pharaoh's, uh, then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and in haste. I guess I would have been in a hurry. But my thought goes back to Pharaoh, why are you here in the first place? You wouldn't have ever had to call for him if you'd have done the right thing the first time. But he calls for Aaron and Moses in haste. In other words, he says, 
you go get Moses and Aaron and you get them back here and you get them back here now. He said, listen, you hurry in haste. And he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive, I pray thee, my sin only this once. I mean, all them other seven times, I didn't really sin. All them other seven times, you know, I probably, uh, you know, I probably have done something different, but I, it really wasn't that bad, but because I've only sinned this once. Isn't that what, that's what he's saying. I've only, uh, he said, I've sinned this once. He said, so I pray and treat the Lord your God that he may take away from me this day, or this death only. I mean, he's saying, I, I, I want it to be done now. Listen, you know what I call this? A foxhole repentance. When the pressure's on, Pharaoh gives up. I used to wrestle with my kids all the time. And I'd get them down, and I'd get them all trapped, and I would tell them, if I, I would ask them now, they'd tell you, I'd tell them, holler calf's rope. And y'all ever heard that? Holler calf's rope. You know, when they're roping calves, they have a little rope about so long, and they'll get them down there, and they'll tie up three legs, and man, and, and it's surrender time. They can't do anything else. So I'd always get my kids down. I'd get them trapped, and I wanted them to admit that they couldn't get out, and they'd say, that, and finally they'd say it, calf's rope, Daddy, and I'd let them up. Nowadays, they've got a little too big. I can't do that anymore. But, you know, God can do it. You know, he says, holler calf's rope. In other words, I surrender. But Pharaoh's confession, it may be impressive, but it's not sincere. He only wanted the plague to stop. He's not about to let the Israelites go. He's going to say anything that he can in order to stop the plague. Look in verse 18 and 19. It says, And he went out from Pharaoh and entreated the Lord. And the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind, which took away the locusts and cast them into the Red Sea. And there remained not one locust in all the coasts of Egypt. Moses and God, they, they fulfilled their side of the agreement. The locusts were removed. Again, the Bible says not one remained. God took care of all. Listen, I want you to understand, if we have a problem, something, God will take all of it right down to the very last detail. God will handle it if we let him. And this is how we're supposed to fulfill our service to God as well, down to the last locust, down to the last detail. But too many times when the pressure's on, we want to bail out. Listen, don't bail out. Continue. Have you ever done something and about halfway through or so it starts getting hard? And you're thinking, oh, man, you know, and you just want to stop. Oh, I'll just stop, and I'll finish this tomorrow. No, wait a minute. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times that that happened. It still happens today. But I make myself, listen, if you just keep on and keep on and get the job done and just one more step or one more thing, you know, listen, I want you to listen. Eventually, we'll get, it'll get the job done. But if you stop too soon, listen, I'm telling you, you're going to miss out on the blessings of Almighty God. So we, we see here he's, uh, you know, the pressure's on, and he's wanting everything to stop. And listen, I, God help us not to stop when the pressure. Right now, at the end of this year, I know it's difficult. Sometimes it, on Sunday afternoons, it's difficult to come back. But I'm telling you, it's the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to come back. Now stay home and say, oh, I preacher, I watched it on live stream. Stop that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just thought I'd throw that in. 
Um, that's what Mo, that's what Pharaoh's doing. He's he's uh, wanting to compromise. But look in verse twenty to see what he does. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so they would not let the children of Israel go. Wait a minute! Didn't he say back up here that he'd let them go? Well, he he lied. He reneged on God. Pharaoh's deceit, watch, though, was helped by God. Think about this. God's hardening of Pharaoh's heart was simply a form of judgment on Pharaoh. If we persist in evil, then God will make our pursuit of wrong permanent. That's what he's doing for Pharaoh. Pharaoh is just following the path that he's chosen, and God's letting him. Listen, continue on a path of selfishness, and if you're not careful, God will let you be more selfish. Continue on a path of disobedience. If you're not careful, God will let you be more disobedient. God will let you keep going right down that path until, listen, we've only, got, we've only had like flies. What big deal? Float, you know, lies. Big deal. Frogs, really, big deal. Locusts, okay, so what? Blood to water. All right, we got over that. Wait a minute. The, the judgment of God's getting worse. Yeah. And it's the same way with people today, Christians. If we're not careful and we continue to walk a path, listen, I'm telling you, it's going to come to the place where it's going to cost you more than you want to pay. See, Pharaoh right now, he's, <clears throat> it, you know, food, he's probably got food. Uh, he probably had it stored up. The, the, maybe the lice and the frogs and the flies didn't get to it. And it's okay. Well, that's over now. You know, Lord, you know, if you'll, God, if you'll get rid of the locusts. Well, God did that. And Pharaoh reneged on what he said he would do. And God's letting him. But as you and I know, we're going to look at this a little more. Late. It's getting worse. And if we're not careful, God will let a person keep going. Look where we're at today. I, I wrote this verse down, Romans 1, 28. Look what it says. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. You see, uh, there was a point in time where, where uh, God, ever, listen, everybody knew God at one point. And by the way, God has put something in the spirit of mankind that, that causes us to seek and to search out for God. You have to squelch that. You have to push that down and say, I don't want to think about that no more. Get away. Leave me alone. And, but listen, God will still hold them accountable. Yeah. They did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So what was the result? God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Do you know why we're seeing a lot of the things today that we didn't, hadn't, you know, that we've never seen before? Because even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Well, listen, does that, does that uh, alleviate their accountability to God? Absolutely not. Because it's appointed unto man once to die, and then after this to judgment. So, preacher, what do we do? Well, we keep doing like Moses and Aaron. God has given us a message. And we keep going to the pharaohs of this world. We keep knocking on their doors. And we keep telling them the same message. And maybe there'll be some people like the servants that said, you know, 
maybe you have something. Maybe I need to come to your church and hear what you've been listening to. And then at that point, we just give them the truth of the Word of God. And then the, the Holy Spirit of God begins to convict their heart. And their hearts change as a result of the truth. And the truth, it makes them free. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Uh, God, we do have the truth. And Lord, I believe we're living in the last days. And, and God, so God, please help us to be staunch, Lord, to continue like Moses and Aaron. The message has not changed. Lord, we, uh, we still need to have a, a clean heart and a right spirit, Lord, as messengers. God, please help us, Lord. Help us to be bold in our message. Lord, we can do it in the right way and love people and just tell them the truth. And God, if we'll just let the light of Christ that's in us shine, Lord, people will come and they'll want to know what the light's all about. So I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Thank you again for our folks that are here this afternoon. God, I pray that you'd bless them, strengthen them, Lord. And God, help us to uh, be the kind of witnesses that you'd have us to be. Strengthen us, God, in our message, and we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While we stand and while Brother Shelton sings.